0: Today on the ZabeCast, all hail the greatest women's soccer team on the planet. Bold, attractive, talented, fearless. And now that I've done the obligatory ass-kissing, there's a few hard facts they'll still have to deal with. Andy Poland joins me on what the NBA has become with Paul George getting lifted to join Kawhi Leonard on the Clippers. All that plus Jerry's first pitch, pretty, pretty good. Your bonus 45 minutes of little old me is locked and loaded, so buckle up. And let's go! Oh, ho, 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 ho. Here we go! Monday, July eight, two thousand nineteen. Good to be back on the ZabeCast. Andy Poland coming up in mere moments. USA, USA two, Ned, nil. I just like calling the Netherlands Ned because that's their abbreviation. Yes, Team USA, the U.S. Women's National Team, closes the deal, finishes the job, and wins the World Cup for a record fourth time. I say record, I punch it up because the Women's World Cup, uh, it hasn't even been a thing Uh, before 1999. That was the first one, I believe. Oh, boy, I should have checked this. Anyway, it's a new record. And good for them. I give this team and these players full credit. They live with the pressure of having the bullseye on their back. They attracted more arrows at that bullseye along the way with the excessive celebration, say some against Thailand and then Rapino and her little bit of a jousting contest with the president, although that's been overblown as well. They played with the pressure of, we can't fuck up, we have to win these games. And guess what? They won the games. I give full credit in that regard. So, well done, gals. Well done. Congratulations. But that is not the entire story, because the story of the Women's World Cup has really morphed into... And has been treated as a proxy on equal pay. We want equal pay to the men. And the headline writing and the storyline writing has been so ridiculous amongst the usual suspects. For basically, this is advocacy sports journalism going on right now. This is not about the soccer. I mean, the, the soccer is a nice pretense to get into the other issue. About equal pay and protests and the the anthem and everything else, but this is all about uh, agenda journalism, and it's been in full display. Here's the headline that caught my attention because you know we are in a clickbait culture. Got to get them clicks, man! Click 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 click. U.S. Women's National Team star Megan Rapinoe makes loud statement to silence critics. Ooh, hold on a second. Whoa, 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 what was her statement? Well, it was a figurative statement in that she scored a goal in a two-nothing victory for the World Cup final. A two-nothing victory in which the U.S. was dominant from the get-go. No, they were held without a goal in the first 12 minutes. Or yes, they were held without a goal for the first time. I think all tournament in the first 12 minutes of the match. They never let they never trailed in any game. But it was Rapino who opened the scoring with a goal, quote. On a penalty kick, which I know counts as a goal. They're different, though. I mean, run of play goals versus PK goals. It's like, yeah, it's like one foot birdies versus fifty foot eagles in the game of golf. Anyway, I'm not trying to. I'm not knocking Rapino necessarily for making a penalty kick. There's people miss them, people choke, uh, they get saved, as we saw. But it's a penalty kick. I, th- I think she had two penalty kicks against Spain. She might have had another one against France or England. I don't quite recall. She's had quite a bunch of them. She's also had some run-of-play goals that were nice. But she has not even been necessarily that impactful. So say the soccer experts. I wouldn't know. I'm not one. But I heard several soccer pundits who would normally be effusive in their praise of Rapinoe, actually say, you know, she hasn't really impacted the game much with her wing play. And given the fact that she sat out the semifinal, you're thinking to yourself, well, how important is she? But yeah, here, back to the headline. Megan Rapino makes loud statement to silence critics. All right, what was the statement? Oh, that's right, there was no statement. It was just, I scored a goal. Afterwards, Rapino said, I don't think we have anything more to say. Good, because I'm sick of hearing it. Hey, hey, pipe down back there. We are such a strong and proud and defiant group of women. We've done exactly what we've set out to do, what we wanted to do. Getting to play at the highest level of the World Cup is ridiculous, but to be able to couple that with everything off the field and back up all those words with performances and back up those performances with words, it's just incredible. I feel like this team is in the midst of changing the world around us as we live. It's an incredible feeling. Yeah, you won a soccer tournament. Congratulations. You're not going to change the world. You're going to get a raise, or at least your uh, sisters will get a raise. Almost certainly by the time it's all said and done, they're going to go into arbitration uh, or mediation, I believe, is what they agreed to in the wake of their lawsuit against the U.S. Soccer Federation. They're going to get a raise there. The World Cup itself, FIFA, has said they're going to double the prize money for the Women's World Cup next cycle from 30 to $60 million, which, of course, Rapino said was not enough. Here's what she said about that, and this is great. Okay, so yeah, it should be more. By the way, FIFA gave out 400 million in prize money to the men. Granted, there's more teams, and worldwide television rights, stadium, ticket sales, everything else are, you know, at a 10x level in terms of interest and everything else. But don't say that to them because they'll then start going. Meh, meh, Why meh, 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 meh. Well, gotta do that voice, man? Sorry, I probably shouldn't have done the voice. Uh, they will respond. Yeah, but what about this? What about corporate investment? What about da 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 da? Our ratings were higher. We've gone farther. We deserve more. Okay, 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 okay. So the men's prize pool is four hundred million, and the women's prize pool this cycle was fifteen, or excuse me, it was thirty million this year. It's going to double to sixty. But this is the great line in the story: Graham Hayes, ESPNW.com. dot but the gap between the genders could actually grow with FIFA expected to award $440 million for the men's tournament in 2020. So in other words, the men will get a 10% raise from 400 to $440 million. Yeah, Look at the big brain on me with the math. The women will get a 100% raise? 200% raise. They'll get a 100% raise. They'll go from 30 to 60, but the gap will actually still grow because the women are climbing up by 30. The men are climbing up by 40. So let's see, 440 minus 60 is 380, and 400 minus 30 equals 370. (gasps) The gap! The gap is getting bigger! So in other words, doubling the money. For no other reason than, okay, okay, okay. Here, how about double? Still not enough for Megan Rapino, who says we should double it and then double it again. <laughs> Just keep printing money. What I don't know is this Are the women, are our women advocating for equal pay for all women's federation programs? Do they want France to make equal to the French men, Spain, similar England, same Netherlands as well. I don't think they are. I think they're just like, no, this is what we want. We're dominant. We should get the same as the men. Okay. So they're really not out there for the cause. Like we're here representing all women. They're just in it for, Hey, we're dominant. So nook, nook. Where's our money? It is a bit absurd when you consider the advantages that the U.S. has when it comes to soccer. Not only, let's just start with the country size. We're the third most populous country in the world behind China and India, 340 million strong. And on top of that, you compare, like Netherlands, 17 million. France, 66 million. So we're starting at a 340 to 66 advantage. Also, we have... 300-plus universities, Division I, Division II, that can afford to offer some scholarships, if not quite a few scholarships, to women in soccer because of Title IX. So that's a huge advantage. And then on top of it, girls' soccer is the most participated in sport amongst girls and young women in America, period, full stop. It's the only 11-on-11 11 11 sport that has almost no barrier to entry in terms of, oh, you want to play Susie here? All you got to do is run around and, you know, just have fun and run. The ball comes to you, kick it, kick it. That's at the lowest of levels, of course, but that's what I talk about when it comes to barrier to entry. Other sports, the barriers to entry are a bit higher and not referencing women in particular, but you think about it for men in baseball, the barrier to entry is you've got to be brave enough to stand inside a white chalk box And face someone throwing a really hard ball right past you and trying to hit it. And to A, not get beaned and not be spooked if you do. And B, hit the ball without looking stupid and striking out all the time. That's a high barrier. A lot of people don't, a lot of kids don't wanna go through that. Or they try baseball and they go, eh, I don't like this. Football, the barrier to entry is. You have to be willing to be tackled violently or to smash into somebody while tackling them and endure all kinds of injuries and bodily harm to play the sport and concussions. A lot of people say, oh, hell no. Barrier to entry in basketball is you got to be at least quick enough, fast enough, jump high enough, or be tall enough so that you don't run around and just have your shit blocked all the time. Embarrassing. Soccer, there's not much barrier to entry. And that's a wonderful thing, by the way. Gets kids involved in sports. That includes boys and girls. At the youngest of ages, at the earliest of stages, they say, oh, you want to play soccer? Yeah, sure. We'll teach you. With 11 on 11, early on, you can run around out there and you look like you had a great game. You may even think you had a great game. Mom, mom, I ran. I ran up and down and the ball came to me. You see, I kicked it. Yes, you did, junior. Nice job. So, we have this incredible advantage, insane advantage, really. 340 million people strong in America, richest country in the world, a division, uh, a Title IX mandate that gives Division I scholarships to bunches and bunches and bunches of women, club teams as well. God damn, we should win this tournament. We should win. It shouldn't have even been this close. We shouldn't have needed a goal by England to be disallowed by VAR or a penalty kick to be saved. We should have been moonwalking to this thing. We should never lose this one, and we should never lose the Olympics with that kind of advantage. But the women want equal pay. So where's the money going to come from? Let's just think about this for a second. You can either do one of a couple of things. You can either take money from the men and give it to the women. I don't know how they'd feel about that. Or or what could you do to make them more money? You could maybe designate certain corporate donations uh, dedicated only for the women's team. And what if the men's team suffers because more money is being paid to the women who don't need the money to attract the best players in the world to play for the good old U.S. of A., I'd be willing to say almost certainly that if the U S soccer federation were to divert a huge amount of money away from the men towards the women, that's not going to help the men. So is that what they're proposing? And lastly, and this is why I normally like, I I, I normally have really liked the U S women's national soccer team. I, I think my favorite team was the hope solo team of a couple cycles ago. I mean, I, I'm I'm a big hope solo stan. She's just a brash boozing, getting fights with her family members, selfie taking, mouthy, statuesque, badass. Bad girl, bad girl. But I usually like this team. This team wasn't that likable. I don't like Rapino. I, I think her her protest is nothing but a marketing hook. I think she probably believes it in her heart of hearts, but she's suffered nothing from it. She's given up nothing because of it. In fact, the exact opposite. She has made money because of it, and she's going to make more money, which, hey, America, yay, capitalism. But, you know, Tobin Heath, who's she? Rose Lavelle, who's she? Just soccer. There's, there's, you know, fresh-faced gals with ponytails who are good at soccer. Megan Rapinoe is now an American icon. Megan Rapinoe is the female Kaepernick, and there is incredible power and a career beyond kicking a soccer ball for the. Oh, what is her club team? I just looked this up. <laughs> there's a lot of money in it for Rapino going forward. The other thing that. The reason I don't really like her is that she's, other than, you know, so why aren't you putting your hand over your heart? Why are you doing this silent protest? Oh, I get it. Social justice, right? There are some groups in America who aren't doing as well. There are some things that are still not right. There is cases of police brutality and discrimination that need to be uh, constantly fought against and made better. I get it. So what about the rest of the USA? What about the rest of what this country is about? Is that not worth just for three minutes before a match, putting your hand over your heart? No, because she's protesting, because this gives her a hook. It gives her an angle. It makes her marketable, and it gives her a career beyond this. There are other – every other player on this national team, if I'm not mistaken, put their hand over their hearts during the anthem. And I've seen pictures of them lined up next to Rapino, and – they all seem to have just the most amazing, wide-eyed, God, this is so great. I'm so thankful to be an American. Yet at the same time they turn around, and they say they support Rapino and her protest. Which leads me to believe as I think about this, well, someone's full of shit then. Either all the other women on the team are full of shit, and when they're sitting there with their hand over their heart, because they really can't be that proud and feel that way about America, and then tolerate a teammate who would be the exact opposite or Rapino is doing this more as a hook, more as a marketing angle than as a true blue belief. I don't know specifically what she wants to, I, if she had like a specific issue and a pamphlet to say, here's why I'm not putting my hand over my heart during the anthem. I want to reduce mandatory minimum sentencing in America for certain drug crimes because they disproportionately hit minorities. Here's a pamphlet. Work with me. Call your congressman. This is my cause. If there was something specific and she had like a plan and this was really, really near and dear to her heart because of whatever reason, fine. I could take it a little bit better. Although I still think place and time. It's not the place and time. It's the anthem. We know America's not perfect. But it's really fucking good. It is so good, as a country, and as an ideal. Three minutes. I'm kind of the belief of hey. Put what, whatever what you're down doing, stop and be thankful you live here, not somewhere else. So I don't like the time and place. So I don't like I don't like what Rapino's doing, which almost becomes thought crime in the now increasingly Orwellian world that we live in. So, hopefully, don't report me to the authorities on this, but not a fan of hers. Now, did that silence me? Am I a critic? It does say, quote, Megan Rapinoe makes loud statement to silence critics. Silence the critics. Hell of a team. Dominant. I mean, deep as shit. Just talent, talent, talent. You could tell from the first, I mean, even the first half when they are scoreless against the Netherlands, they were going to win that game, and sure enough, they did. And that ends our coverage of women's soccer for the next checks, Watch checks uh, three years and ten months. We'll pick it up then. Give us three years and ten months. We'll be back at it for the next cycle. And let's hope there's enough money. Let's hope that there's no other soccer games going on that are on the same date as the final. Another thing that ruffled some feathers. Enough already. Don't be birthday girl, as I like to say. Birthday girl, you know birthday girl. Birthday girl is the grown woman who gets mad when anything infringes upon her birthday. Any little tiny thing. <laughs> the women that were complaining about, oh, there's a there's a CONCACAF game or a Copa America game, whatever, USA-Mexico men's. On the same day as us, Rapino's like, it's the World Cup. Cancel everything. Well, the world can't come to a stop, can it? You would have thought they would have said, oh, it's a big festival of soccer. We're going to take care of business in the early morning, and hopefully our male counterparts will do the same against Mexico at night. Yeah, no, they're not going to say that. They're going to be birthday girl. All right, holy shit, look at the time. I spent 20 minutes on the Women's World Cup. I don't think I repeated myself too much, but I don't know. Maybe I did. Sorry about that. But let's call Andy Poland. See what he's doing. Talk Kawhi with him. Talk NBA with him. Talk home run derby. Nats, Max Scherzer. We're FaceTiming him right now. Come on, Andy. Hello? Oh, there he is, everybody. Andrew Poland. Happy July 8th to you, buddy. How are you? How you doing? Doing very good. We're uh we're gonna go FaceTime video. I'm not gonna look at you though, because I think <laughs> Oh God, look at you. You are horizontal right now. <laughs> you are actually horizontal. I'm <laughs> Come on, you're really gonna shut her down on a Sunday. Well, it is nine o'clock, actually. So there's yeah, that. Well, yeah. All right, if you don't mind, because I do find FaceTiming other dudes creepy. Is that mm-hmm. is that my latent homophobia coming out? No, I mean I have a friend
2: on the West Coast. We uh, we FaceTime from time to time. It's uh, you know it's two thousand nineteen. It's about time we catch up with this modern
0: technology. <laughs> it, it is pretty amazing. I mean, video phones were the stuff of Buck Rogers science fiction when we were growing up, right?
2: Let me tell you something. I went to the nineteen sixty four World's Fair, so I was five years old, and I where was this- that in,
0: in New York City?
2: Yeah, you know, the big globe that yeah. you see in Queens around Chase Stadium. That was that was what it was put in for. And I remember seeing a display for New York Bell Telephone where they had a screen where you could see grandma while you Shut talked up her.
0: in nineteen sixty four?
2: Yeah, but I thought over the years they would develop this technology and it would happen. It really wasn't until the smartphone came along. We're talking 40 years later that that actually did happen.
0: That's amazing. They must have jerry-rigged that thing.
2: Because how would you
0: transmit video, which was black and white in 1964, right, Andy?
2: No, I think they did have some color TV, but it also wasn't video. You could just see an image of grandma.
0: (laughs) What did it say, file footage? Well, it was
2: like... But that was you know, that was inconceivable at the time that you could actually see the person. I don't think you could actually see moving pictures. They hadn't developed that yet. But <laughs> I, I was amazed at all the things that happened in that period of time. We never had that. And, you know, there was video conferencing that businesses used and so forth. But for the home use, it wasn't really until the smartphone happened that it, yeah. uh, it really did happen.
0: All right. I'm going to give you a minute on the Women's World Cup and women's soccer now that this is over. Because I rambled and rambled for 20 minutes on it, and already my listeners are pissed off. So I'm going back to you just for your, your two cents on this, and then what's going to happen going forward here. Because there's always these great hopes and dreams and leagues. They, they might start another league and have that one go under, too. I would recommend it against it. But your thoughts on the Women's World Cup?
2: Well, uh, Tom Lavera and I spent a lot of time on this on the radio this morning and pissed off Soccer Nation on it. We got some angry calls and oh, so good. forth. But, but what would you say? Brandy Chastain taking off her shirt launched like two leagues that fail. And, <laughs> yes. it, you know, what this is, is an event that comes along at the right time on the calendar. And we have these girls, and they're fresh-faced, and they're fun, and they hang around for a couple of weeks, and then they're gone. To think that this is going to launch some kind of soccer boom in this country where people are going to go watch women play professional soccer, forget about it. There's a a small group that's interested in it. There's a league. Now, a couple of the teams do well. There's a team in Portland that draws like 18,000 a game by and large, it's just something that's cool every couple of years. It goes away, and nobody really misses it that much while it's gone.
0: You know what it's like? It's almost like we get to have a Girl Scout troop to our house, our lake house, in the summer for a couple of weeks every four years. And we are just so caught up in their youthful exuberance, and they lift our spirits. We're like, these girls are fun. I like them. Look at what they're doing out there, but then they go back to their houses, <laughs> and four years later, yeah, we're like, look, "Whatever happened to them?"
2: Well, you you know, I just had a family reunion. We have our reunions every two years to hang out with people I like for a four day weekend, and it's great. But if I had to see these people every day, at some point, I the novelty would wear off, and I'd be sick of seeing them.
0: You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, they're they're going to get more money one way or another. It still won't be enough for their liking. I would love to know, though, if they are willing to cannibalize money from the men's program from USA Soccer. And if that has a negative effect on the men's program, how is that going to sit with everyone?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, the men's program is a disgrace. The fact that we didn't qualify for the World Cup. I mean, come on. W- w- what's going on here? Um, that was so bad. There's yeah, no I, question
0: I, about it. But uh, like, yeah. the, the bottom line is money has to come from somewhere. Right. So, where do you for the for the women? Where do you want the money to come from? Are you because unless you're going to you know whip it up out of thin air, it's going to have to come from somewhere. You're not. You know, FIFA is already going to double the prize money, but that's only the prize money for the World Cup. They want regular, full time, equal pay, uh, leading up to the World Cups, and that's got to come from somewhere.
2: Yeah. Well, maybe you know, maybe television kicks in. Uh, Fox did something like seven million people watching it. If they think it's worthwhile to have more women's soccer on and and the bidding rights go up. Maybe some of that money translates to the women. But the reality is it's okay twice, you know, once every couple of years. And if we don't have it in between, it's okay too.
0: All right. Let's talk about the other big story from the weekend. Boom. Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers. This, This was amazing. And he comes with Paul George. This was a move on nobody's radar screen. And I'm not singling out the great Woj for this because he still is the best transactional reporter in the NBA. But again, Andy Woj didn't have this one.
2: No, no. I mean, this, this was a stunner. Here's, here's the next step here. This isn't like LeBron and Chris Bosh going to join Dwayne Wade. This is Kawhi Leonard taking a player who had a long-term contract, right? When Paul George signed in Oklahoma city last summer, you thought, okay, he's locked himself in there. He's willing to play with Russell Westbrook, and they're going to see if they can win. This is a player on free agency of Kawhi Leonard of such power that he can pick a player off another team, no matter what the other player's contract situation is, and can make it happen. And here's another thing with the Clippers, and this is where Steve Ballmer is is really a game changer, for for especially for the NBA, but maybe for all sports. He way overpaid for the team. He didn't care. And now he's saying to himself, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not going to get beaten by the Lakers on this. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to make Kawhi Leonard happy so we can get him. So this this is the new NBA. And forget about who's under contract and who's a free agent. Teams are going to be assembled by players exactly the way they want them and with whatever players they want.
0: Old and busted is the era of the super team. Hot and fresh is the power duo in the NBA. Yep. Durant right. and Kyrie with the Nets. You've got LeBron and the Unibrow with the Lakers. Now you've got Kawhi and Paul George with the Clippers. It's all about the power duos now. And this now will leave Westbrook to wanting out of OKC. The problem is he's got one of those Supermax deals, which is like having a grand piano in the 10th floor of a walk-up Manhattan apartment. (laughs) Good luck moving it. Right. Well, the
2: other thing is he doesn't have a guy who wants to waltz with him. Apparently... Players play with him and want to get away from him. And yeah, that's, because
0: they watch a million dumbass shots a game and they're like, bro, right? Right. You so, pass it every now and then.
2: I think the contract is secondary to who wants him, you know. So, a team that's going to pick him up that $170 million left on the deal. It's not going to be some team like the Wizards or Orlando or Atlanta, an irrelevant team. It's got to be a contender. And the contender has got players who would say to them, no, we're not playing with Westbrook. We don't like him. He's ball hog. So, I don't know where The
0: larger issue, and and you're right, is that this deal tore up an existing contract, uh, essentially, uh, which no one thought was on nobody's radar screen of, oh, they might get Paul George. Out of OKC, I think Saturday or maybe Sunday, was Paul George Day in yeah. Oklahoma City. <laughs> yeah. Almost one year ago to the date when he said he would re-sign with them and he turned down the Lakers, they, he said in front of a microphone, I'm here to stay.
2: Right, right, right. H- have you also heard this, that his ex is Doc Rivers' daughter? and their relationship was broken up by a Miami stripper. Did you hear that?
0: <laughs> I heard that. But that's yeah. that's called Tuesday in the NBA, Andy. Strippers yep. be breaking yep. up shit all the time in the NBA. Right, right. So, yeah, but, so this, this was a, a seismic move, and I use that term appropriately because of the earthquake in California. Seismic right. move that no one really saw coming. The one guy that nailed it at least a day early was uh, Jason Whitlock on Speak for Yourself. He said he's going with the Clippers. There's an audio clip to prove it. I'll play it uh, after we're done here. But uh, he said, basically, I think this delay is to give Jerry West time to put together a deal. Jerry West, Andy, he's a fucking kingmaker, this guy. Well, he,
2: he is 81 years old. And, you know, a few years ago, you would have said, well, you know, He's had his time. Why bring him up? No, he's he's still got the magic. He's he's the greatest general manager in the history of sports. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't and, think there's any question about and
0: it. And he would have stayed a Laker if Jerry Buss had just given him a minority stake in the team. Yeah, what a disaster that d- decision has been over the years because he's hopped around to different places. Memphis! Yeah, and he's gotten these yeah. deals done. He's like the Mister Wolf from Pulp Fiction. Of okay, sit yeah, down yeah, and shut it. up.
2: Yeah, burn your clothes. Let's go. Yeah, uh, right. yeah. He, he, he's he's absolutely remarkable. And and now uh, speaking of the Lakers, after they realized they weren't going to get Kawhi, oh man, they had to round up all the all the nutbags that they were going to get rid of, like Rondo and, and Javale Broadway, McGee. McGee.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sleepy, dopey, and crazy. All the other spare parts that they didn't really want. I, I yeah. don't think I don't think the Lakers have a chance of winning the title next year. I don't no. think they've got a chance. They do not have enough besides the big two. LeBron's going to keep showing his age, and his body's going to keep breaking down. And, uh, you know, the unibrow is already hurt 30 games a year yeah. anyway.
2: Yeah. Well, also, is LeBron going to put up with this? I mean, he runs the league pretty much. And now that the dust has settled, he go, oh, we don't have Kawhi? Well, no, I'm, I'm going to have to get out of here. I'll have to figure out a way. And he uh, may be able to do it.
0: <laughs> what, if, what if LeBron is like, okay, we didn't get a third guy. I want out of here now. <laughs> And he leaves yeah. Anthony Davis hanging in LA. <laughs> well, I
2: mean, look, look, look at look look at what Paul George was able to do. He he was not only able to get out of Oklahoma City, he was able to go exactly where he wanted to go. He just went in and he said, "Nah, get me out of here and send me to the Clippers." Yeah. Okay.
0: Hot take. <laughs> hot take from my man Chris Broussard, who runs this podcast and all the marketing for Zayb Enterprises. He said to me today on the golf course, he goes, "I think it's the rest of the players in the league." Saying no, we can't let LeBron win. That they're essentially all these other players are conspiring to make sure LeBron never wins another title. And I said, Do you think other players, in a quiet private moment, are like fuck that guy, LeBron? And he said, I wouldn't. He said, I wouldn't be surprised. What do you think?
2: I think I think the players think about only one person themselves. And uh, where can I be? What's the best chance I've got to win a title? Who do I want with me? It's it's just like the schoolyard now. Oh, sure.
0: Yeah, it's choose them up teams right now and, and contracts. Right. Why have a contract in the NBA? You know what? What what right, guarantee right. is this giving the teams or giving the fans? It's a doggy door right. that players can come and go in out of whenever they want.
2: Well, also also the league has become a one year league. It's like college basketball now. And Nick Nurse said, you know, today or yesterday, he said, yeah, I, I don't blame Kawhi. Like, we got our title. Okay, that was this year. We may not get it this year, but next year, maybe we get back in the mix. And I think that's the way you have to think. Forget about building a team. And and Ted Leonsis with his long-term plans. Oh, you've got to trust the process. Crapola, do it now. Whatever you can get now, do it now. Worry about next year, next year.
0: As a Wizards fan like you, Andy, I look at all these teams making all these sensational moves. I mean, what the Clippers did was ballsy going back a year ago when they traded the supposed face of the team in Blake Griffin. That was a shocker. Remember that? Out of nowhere with a fresh new deal just signed. Boom, you're shipped to Detroit. What the hell was that? It was their multi-part move yeah. to get to this point, and then they had to close the deal, and they were able to do it. You look at what Toronto did a year before to get Kawhi in a high-risk, high-leverage move, and then they paid it off by winning a title. You look at what Prokhorov has done by bringing in you know, Kawhi and Durant, whether it works or not, and you look at our owner, Andy, and he can't even hire an announcer. He can't even hire a GM. Yeah. Ted Leonsis has yeah, never yeah. looked more inept than right now. Right,
2: and and he's done it while acting like he's the smartest guy in the room, which he is in some rooms, but in the NBA not every room. room, he's not anymore. Right, yeah,
0: because you know what you know what Ted's so you know what it, Ted's good at doing when it comes to basketball: winning the lottery and then shoveling money in front of a player who he thinks is worth all this money. Because that's all he's done. Right. If they don't get Wall as the one slash one, if they don't get Beal as the three overall, and if they don't just pour a lot of money into them, they've got no moves. They've got right. no nimbleness or vision or ability to sell DC as the place to be.
2: Right. And look at the two teams in, in free agency that have made themselves relevant in a matter of three seconds. The Nets and the Clippers who were the Wizards? Right, those, those two teams were the Wizards five years ago, right. and now they're right in the mix. And maybe not the Nets next year because Durant's not going to play. But the season after, those two teams could be playing for the NBA championship.
0: Very sad. So, uh, what did you think? What did you think about the Nationals wearing the Expos uniforms? First time ever on Saturday. I know what your partner Lovey thought about them. He hated it. Yeah, thought it was rubbing yeah. it in. I,
2: I, as a former. He said – he's telling me how to feel as a former Washington <laughs> Senators fan, that, that I should I should be insulted by this, and particularly Expo fans should be insulted. Um, while we were talking about this, Ben Raby, who is from Montreal, grew up an Expos fan, lives here and is now doing the Caps coverage on radio pre- and post-game, right. he called in and he said – I'm going to the game and I'm wearing my Expos jersey and I'm happy the franchise recognizes them. Wow. I felt kind of the same way. I thought, you know, this is cool. This is their this is their roots. And yes, it, it was ripped away from them, but there was the stadium they had was terrible from the beginning, the old Olympic stadium from 76 where the roof wouldn't open or close. It rusted it
0: rusted, it rusted open, I think. Or, yeah, my, no, it might have rusted closed. I'm not sure. Rusted closed.
2: It, it, was a, it was a mess, and they weren't going to build them a new stadium. So they came here. And I just think, look, a couple of times over the years, Texas Rangers, who own the rights to Washington Senators, have, in fact, worn Senators' throwbacks. And I look at it, and I go, yeah, it, it was bad we lost the team, but at least they're recognizing that there was a team here at some point. And I thought they looked really cool. Plus, Max Scherzer was right on yesterday. Just great. And, and I, I felt good watching the game. I did.
0: It was kind of like wearing a dead man's suit. His pinstripe, wide-lapeled seersucker suit that's been in the closet for quite a number of years. But hey, yeah. if the family of the dead man says, eh, you would have wanted it that way, you wear it for one day and you and you go with God. The the larger thing as we go to the All-Star break now is that Scherzer has already said he won't pitch, which is bullshit. Right. He's like, oh, my back tightened up. <laughs> yeah, well, you went seven strong and struck out a like double digits again for like the seventh straight game. And then you got Rendon who's like, no, I'm tired. I'm hurt. I need to take a break. First time Rendon's finally been picked for the all-star game. He's not going to participate. This is bullshit. Andy, I am sick of these athletes today. They are so pampered. They are such pussies. The money is so insanely good. They should be playing this game out of just absolute thanks for the money they're making. When instead, it's the opposite. Like, oh, I need the days off. Well, I'll, Fuck I'll, off. I'll give
2: Scherzer the benefit of the doubt. I yeah. can't. Scherzer is going to the game. So Yeah, he's going to that. the
0: game. One um, inning, Andy. One inning. with
2: a broken nose. Uh, so, uh, I, I don't know. I, Andy. I give him the benefit of the doubt. Rendon, you know, I, I think he should play. I think he should go to the game. But Lavero brought up an interesting point. And you remember when Ricky Williams was doing the interview View with the helmet on. Yes. I remember when he was with the Saints? Remember that?
0: Yes, he had social anxiety disorder. Do you remember that? Yes, I remember that. Did I lose you? Oh, I'm I'm here, Andy. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on, I can hear you just fine. Yeah. Okay. Here yeah. we go. Damn it. <laughs> I okay, can, you got me back. I got you back, Andy. Yes, I remember that. It was called. He, he had social anxiety right, right. disorder. Exactly. And so,
2: so it's possible that 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 that, that Ron Don has that. I, I got you. you. Hear me? Yeah, I got you. I think I lost you for a second. Okay. Yeah, it's possible that that he has that social anxiety, and he's going to be surrounded.
0: He, if... All right. Hold on a second. Let's get Andy back here. <sighs> I, I, I just I don't know what to say. People, phone doesn't work. I'm I'm literally going to have to get a hardline phone. You know, a basic hardline standard telephone because I'm at wit's end right now all this technology all this fancy stuff video phones all right and he's not with us you know what we'll just have to wrap it okay I'm gonna text him right now wrap it thanks and sorry yeah just to finish his point Oh, Rendon has anxiety. He doesn't like the press. He doesn't want to be the spotlight. Oh, fuck. Grow a pair of balls. It's, I know. You're going to say, ah, the stakes are too high. It's too much money. Rendon's going to be a free agent. What if he hurts himself? Paul George, you might remember, absolutely blew up his knee. Landing after a dunk in a international game. It was with USA Basketball. It was like, oh my God, is he ever going to be the same again? Yeah, he's back. Sucked. Took a good chunk out of it. Took a year out of his career, essentially. But no, he's back, and he's making a ton of money. Oh, I might hurt myself. I guess Yelich is pulled out of the Home Run Derby as well for Monday. I, uh, I don't know. In an age in which athletes are making so much money, and we ask of them so little, why then are they delivering even less and less to us as fans? We could, you know, we could cancel the Home Run Derby. We could cancel the All-Star Game if you want. Cancel everything. Cancel the Pro Bowl. Just say, nah, we're done with it. Nobody cares anymore. They're all too fat and rich. They don't want to pull a toenail. Okay, end of rant. Old man sitting on his lawn chair. Let's end on this today. It was as good a pitch as I have seen In a long time, the great Jerry Seinfeld, maybe the most famous and most spot on comedian in the last 30 years. Television star, a guy that you just you watch him and you listen to him and you you start smiling. You don't even know why. He just has this incredibly pleasant way about him and funny, funny as hell. Jerry Seinfeld, lifelong Mets fan who wrote into various Seinfeld episodes, numerous Mets-related themes, including, of course, the Bill Buckner second spitter episode, went out to throw the first pitch for the Mets over the weekend. Wearing a a Mets t-shirt and a Mets hat and a a sport coat. I thought he was going to throw it with a sport coat at first. He takes off the sports coat, gets on the mound, on the rubber. That's my allergies. I don't have a sneeze button. I don't have a good connection with Andy. I don't have a sneeze button. Sorry. He gets out there on the mound, on the rubber, full 60 feet, 6 inches, and throws an absolutely elegant, perfect sinker ball sidearm. strike. And then casually walks off the mound. Jerry Seinfeld, you are the goat, my friend. Of all celebrity first pitches, it's going to be hard to beat that one. Okay, enough entertainment for you today. Thank you very much for downloading and listening. Tell a couple friends about the ZabeCast. Send me feedback and suggestions for topics. I always like that. At zabe at Yahoo.com. Remember, we've got an app for the ZabeCast. It's free. Collects all of uh, my episodes right here in one handy place. Thank you for downloading that. And, of course, if you're a subscriber, you get Fridays as well. It is very inexpensive. $5 a month. And you get Fridays thrown in. Monday through Thursday is free, Fridays $1.33. I know you can afford that, and I thank you for helping support the cause. Have yourself a great Monday in early July. Home Run Derby tonight, we will
1: see you tomorrow.